This is Thriveonomics presented by Thrive Mortgage. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Thriveonomics. I am your host, James Duncan. I'm the Director of Marketing and Engagement for Thrive Mortgage. I have a very distinct privilege of leading the best marketing team in the mortgage industry. Um, welcome to this next episode of Thriveonomics. We have been on a little bit of a hiatus in 2021. It's just been a super, super busy year for us and a lot of other priorities kind of commanding our time. But this story, this interview that we're sharing with you today is definitely something that is is worth the investment of, uh, of the time. And uh, we appreciate you spending time with us today and hope that it is a, a really uh, impactful interview and an impactful story for, for you to, to listen to. Before we get to our special guest, I want to bring on my partner in crime, our podcast producer, Raul Espinoza. Raul, hey, how are you doing, my man? Oh, I am doing great. Fired right. up, ready to go. Ready. Trying to it's, make it through this episode. We'll see if we can do it without... It's, it just feels so comfortable being back in the, in the studio recording another episode, uh, especially when th- with you at the helm. That, that makes a huge difference. It takes a lot yeah. off of my plate. Well, let's get into uh, the business at hand. We want to bring on a guy who, if you are here because you follow Jamal, Number one, we want to welcome you to Thriveonomics. Hopefully, this is a, a podcast that you'll want to subscribe to and listen listen into the other episodes that we've got and keep listening in the future. But we, if you are not familiar with Jamal Chubb and his story, um, it is man, it is uh, it's really a, an amazing testimony and an amazing witness to uh, to something that is really impacting everybody around the world. So, Jamal Chubb, welcome to Thriveonomics. Thrivenomics. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, glad to, glad to have you on with us, and I cannot tell you how happy I am to be seeing your face and to see you smiling and to see you, see you back with us on a regular basis. Welcome back, uh, welcome back to Thrive. I mean, you never really left, but obviously, you, you definitely had some things that you needed to tend to. Yeah, yeah, uh, guys. Thank you so much for having me uh, here on Thrivenomics. I want to make sure I say thank you. You guys do a phenomenal job with disseminating information and talking about the what's what and who's who, um, and what's going on in the world, and, and specifically also in the mortgage industry. And I'm I'm humbled that I get to do this with you guys. So uh, awesome. thanks for thank thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah. I think cool we're actually pretty second. humbled that uh, you're going to be on today. So yeah, <laughs> pretty excited. Yep. I'm excited to uh, to hear the the conversation that unfolds. Yeah. Um, but those of you who are not familiar with Jamal, or maybe you follow him on social, and you're like, you know, I never knew what this guy did. Uh, Jamal is a member of our talent uh, talent attraction and career development team, and does a fantastic job helping us to recruit and spread the gospel of Thrive and and what makes this place such a great place to work, and as well as. Um, helping our clients really, uh, really receive an, an exceptional lending experience. So that's, that's Jamal's day job. But the, the reason why we wanted to have him on is because of the story that he has to share about the last, I guess what Jamal about the last 10 or 12 months of your life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's been a, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty interesting time for you. Um, just to to give people a little, a little bit more perspective on you, you're a relatively young guy. Spent about four years in the Navy. You were deployed to Afghanistan. Got out of the Navy. Got into the the working world. Ran ran about when 2011, 2012? Uh, out of the Navy, twenty eleven. Okay. Um, did some college classes. Um, 
jumped into the professional world after college 2013. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So and that's and uh, and transition into the mortgage industry as well in 14. Gotcha. Well, you've done a fantastic job building a career and a speci specifically in what you do in the recruiting field within the mortgage industry. Um, you already had prior to everything that we're going to talk about prior to that starting, you already had a pretty substantial following and, and a pretty, a pretty high level of engagement on, 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 across all the different social media platforms, even before this hit. But once this situation came to your doorstep, boy, it really exploded because you made a choice to, uh, to start sharing your story and sharing your experience of, I'll just go ahead and set it up. Your wife, Sierra, uh, was pregnant with your third child yep. and um, that was, and the timing of it was, uh, was a little, uh, was, was a little inconvenient uh, for you uh, from, simply from the standpoint of that was right about the time that the COVID vaccines were uh, coming out. And actually uh, I better do this real quick, a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Um, we are going to be talking about, COVID. And we are going to be talking about the impact that it has had specifically on Jamal and his family. This is not intended. I uh, want to give this disclaimer. This is not intended to, to be to constitute medical advice for anybody out there listening. We're not doctors. We're not medical professionals. We're not telling you whether you should or should not get vaccinated, whether you should or should not get a mask. That is for you to decide. You, if you want expert medical advice, then uh, talk, definitely talk to your doctor or, or general physician about uh, about those issues uh, so that you can make an informed decision uh, in that regard. But just want to make sure that everybody's aware of that uh, before we lead into this conversation, that this is strictly just opinion and us having a uh, conversation about what Jamal went through. So now with that, uh, all the legal stuff out of the way, let's go back to your story. So Sierra becomes, uh, gets pregnant with your, your third child and yep. that was right about the, happened to be right about the time that vaccines were becoming uh, a little bit more prevalent and we're, we're getting released. So what was the thought process that you guys uh, went through as a family and as husband and wife, what were the, what was some of the thinking that y'all went through at that time to determine on what was the best course of action for y'all? Yeah. Wow. Um, so in the moment, let's look at, let's go to uh, March, 2021. Okay. Um, Vaccines were, yes, becoming more prevalent. People were talking about getting back to vaccinate or not to vaccinate and was it safe and so on and so forth. Um, and for me, because when as a military veteran, when you're in the military, um, there's not like a question of whether you can or cannot should or should not vaccinate. Um, you since day one of boot camp, you're going in and even if you've had certain things, they're giving it all to you again to make sure that you that you do have that stuff, right? So it's not right. a question of if you can or if you should. It's you're going to do it because you're going to obey the orders of those appointed over you, right? Sure. Um, so with that being said, um, for me, it was like, listen, this is a new thing. People, there's there's a lot of uncertainty around it. Um, if 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 anybody's going to do this for my family it's going to be me right mm -hmm. so and i had a trip coming up to uh come to texas in a few months anyway and i wanted to make mm -hmm. sure that um i was protecting 
um, myself and being able to be a person who could provide for my family unhindered because I noticed that COVID was, you know, if people got COVID, they were down for three, four weeks, months sometimes, right? right. So uh, I was the first one to get vaccinated. Um, and actually, I want to say I did that back in um, May. Mm-hmm. Um, was it May? I want to say it was May, the beginning of May. And sure. however, for my wife, her being pregnant, um, there had not been any consistent data that was mm-hmm. introduced that said this thing was safe for pregnant women. Right. Um, and she and I had a quick conversation. Hey, what do you think? And she's like, I just don't want to risk something happening to yeah. our son. Um, and I, there's, I don't have a dog in that fight, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's, she's protecting our child and I understand right. that she wants to do that. Right. Um, but at least I could get vaccinated and I did, I was fully vaccinated. Um, so, um, and, and, and again, had no, there was no CDC information out at the time saying, Hey, this, mm-hmm. this needs to happen because this is what we're seeing or, that it's highly it's COVID is super bad for pregnant people, uh, pregnant women or um, something that said that COVID the vaccine was, you know, overly safe. Like that just hadn't matured itself yet. Right. Um, and so um, she made the best decision and did what she could to mask up and social distance and all the things. And, um, and actually at the time when she got sick, COVID was like on a decline. Uh, so it was like, okay, there's vaccines. It's on a decline. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, she still didn't, wasn't the person that got sick because she went out of the house. Um, so it was brought yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially what ended up happening was in, um, and on, um, the week of July, the 16th, we had our daughter in a sports camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sierra wanted to send her to sports camp and I was like, sure, it's an outdoor camp. Right. And at the time, the information as, as far as kids getting COVID, it was like a really rare, if right. ever a thing that happened, it wasn't like, you know, you got to remember COVID started out as, oh, if people are geriatric or have pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. this is going to impact them really bad. Right. Then it was, oh, this is impacting people that are younger with pre-existing mm-hmm. conditions. Then it was, oh, People who, um, you know, and this is the progression. This is where we fell. It was if, you know, kids can get COVID and the how often and how rapid is increasing for that situation. And then it was mm-hmm. pregnant women. If they get COVID, it's it's fatal. So, mm-hmm. um, but so at the time, we didn't even know like kids could um, that it was such a, a huge deal if mm-hmm. a kid contracted COVID and what that even looked like. So. My kid goes to a sports camp. She contracts it, gives it to her younger brother. Um, My wife is pulling them in bed and being with them, but we didn't even know it was COVID at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Until my wife started showing symptoms that wouldn't Mm -hmm. go away and the cough. And and after probably about uh, a week of her having symptoms on the 22nd of July, I said, hey, you need to go get tested. You might have COVID. She said, really? You think this is COVID? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And all, and so for, from, from the time she came positive, which would have been the 19th of July through the 21st of July, I'm laying in bed with her every single night. 
every wow. night. Right. And I'm helping her with her cough and I'm rubbing her back and putting Vicks on her and right. Trying to take care of her. And I'm taking care of her kids too, every single night. Um, and I, you know, I didn't have any sort of symptom or anything that happened to me whatsoever. Um, which we look back now and see her and I had this conversation the other day and we're so thankful that I did not because we've seen Mm -hmm. so many times where there were two parents, um, and basically sidelined. Yeah. 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 At the same time, at the same time in the hospital one and a few times leaving just kids orphaned. Yeah. Um, which was insane. So we are so thankful that that was not us uh, in that situation. Like that's something to be super thankful for. Um, but uh, so was it, was it about this time that you determined, you know what, this is not getting any better. Were were there any treatments that you were trying to give her uh, other than just over the counter stuff? Um, no, just over the counter stuff at the Mm -hmm. time. And at the time there were no, there was no, monoclonal antibody treatment mm-hmm. for, for her either. Yeah. Right. That didn't become prevalent till after well, she after. got sick and her story got, you know, right. out there. Right. Um, so it was just one of those things where it was like, let's go to the doctor and see what they can do for us. And so mm-hmm. on her birthday, July 24th, we dropped her off at our local hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that day on the 24th, they diagnosed her with COVID pneumonia and said that she needed to be sent to, a bigger hospital where they could deal with the pregnancy and the COVID. Um, And then on the 25th, they noticed that my son, our son miles was in distress. Um, And this is your um, unborn son, not your born son. Yeah. Yeah. Our unborn son miles was in distress and he could not, um, you know, his breath, his breathing was struggling a little bit. Mm. So they went ahead and had a C-section for her at 38 weeks and um yeah then you know it that, that happened and then i was at the hospital for a day and a half mm-hmm. with her and miles and then i had left and the very next day they called me and said hey um miles is ready to come home you can come pick him up I'm like great wow. what about sierra and they're like unfortunately her condition is not improving right mm-hmm. so um, now she she was not in in a coma at the time that she gave birth, correct? She was not. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, she that was comes not. later. All right. So, so, um, so what's going on? And uh, obviously, um, as I mentioned before, that you you were pretty uh, engaged and, and and very well connected on social media. You, t- uh, it was about the time uh, that she got admitted to the hospital. I think that was about the time when you made the decision to start essentially start journaling and documenting what it was that you were going through and started telling your story. What was it that you felt was, why, why did you feel like that was a necessary step for you or what was the motivation for you to mm-hmm. share that story? Yeah. So initially it was um, because of how many text messages and phone calls I was getting that <laughs> I couldn't keep up with. To be yeah. quite honest with you, mm-hmm. right? I'm just trying to remedy the fact that there's so many people who are reaching out and texting and calling mm-hmm. that I can't get back to because of the trauma that I'm dealing with. Right. Right. So it was really simple for me to do a three minute TikTok video and to mm-hmm. share it with people. Right. Hey, this is what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. boom. Cause I couldn't text. And even still, like even just the other day, 
I found a folder on Facebook that's marked as spam that I have probably a couple hundred messages in from people. <laughs> and people I'm now going back through and being like, oh my goodness, this was so kind. Thank yeah. you for messaging wow. me. Um, I didn't see this. So um, it was all about being able to update update people initially mm-hmm. uh, when you know, it happened. Uh, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you, Jamal, but I would be remiss. I would be derelict in my duties as director of marketing if I didn't point out to all the loan officers who are watching right now, there's your solution for all of those common (laughs) questions that you get every single day that you get tired of answering all the time. Mm -hmm. Go record a video that answers the question and send it out to your network, just like Jamal just gave you the recipe for it. So, okay. So mar- marketing and uh, and coaching session yeah. is, is over. Let's return to the story. Um, so yeah, that's initially how it started, and then as it kept go, as it it, it progressed in phases. So that started like that, but then as my wife's condition got worse, mm-hmm. I needed hope from people, mm-hmm. right? Prayers, yeah. um, definitely prayers. Also, faith stories of people who were as sick as her that got better, right? Mm -hmm. I needed those stories desperately because the thing I learned about, you know, hoping and believing that something good is going to happen is it's, (laughs) if you're around people that have already experienced it, right? (laughs) You have something to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just looking for that hope for myself. And then, from there, it went from, um, it went from me asking people for hope to giving people hope, mm. right? Um, and th- that it just became a thing of its own, really. Yeah. I just remember when you started sharing all all those videos, and, and of course, I've known you and, and had a, a working relationship with you and a friendship with you for for a couple of years now since you've been with Thrive. And so as soon as I heard and as soon as I saw what you were starting to do, I was tuning in to every single mm-hmm. one of those updates because I wanted to know, number one, I had a concern for you as a friend. Right, and, right. But number two, I had a concern for uh, for Sierra as well, and especially for, for Miles and and your, your beautiful children. If you haven't seen a photo, we'll probably uh, put up a photo here uh-huh. real quick, but if you haven't seen a recent photo – it is. Uh, I mean, it's it's like a family of models. I mean, they just uh, are like uh, the the Hallmark greeting card, uh, like portrait, right? Right there. It's just fantastic photos, and y'all did a great job of chronicling after her recovery. So, I mean, spoiler alert: she got better, and she's back home now. But um, <laughs> after after she returned home, y'all did still continued to do a great job of chronicling her progress because there's still there's still a ways for her to go. In yes. terms of getting back to 100 percent of what, what she was like before, yes, uh, before all this happened, but uh, just seeing the smile on your face and, and everything yeah. is, is so good. But but back to when you started doing this, um, it was something where it just gained, uh, it, it really just gained a life of its own that expanded beyond people who whom you actually know, and or people that you're connected to through through this industry. I mean, you had people all over the millions of people all over the world watching your videos and following your story. So did that, how did that set with you uh, uh, at least 
either initially or uh, over time, was that anything remotely close to what you were expecting to see happen? Um, <laughs> I, that is not something I expected to see happen. No. Um, I, I, I was completely in shock. Now I will say like specifically on TikTok, I was connected to some, some people who were really influential on social mm-hmm. media already. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when I say connected, like it's one thing mm-hmm. to follow somebody, but it's another thing for you to be mutuals. I was mutuals with some people already that were really influential, phenomenal storytellers, great at building, um, and it was just cool that that those relationships were there, but I didn't know how much they actually cared until this happened, mm, yeah. right? So it's like you got friends who have a hundred thousand followers, three hundred thousand followers, a million followers, half a million followers, mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden this happens, and they want to share it because they want to help you, mm-hmm. and they did, and so every time. I, I, it feels like overnight at one point, I want to say the jump was like 126,000 from my initial 5,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. Like overnight. Mm-hmm. And now that specific following, that for specific community is sitting somewhere like 340 something thousand followers, right? Wow. Uh, people. So, um, and I hate using the phrase followers. I really do sure. just because, um, Man, I hate using that because um, it feels more like I owe them, you know, like typically the word follower, um, when when that's said that that it's deduced that there's a leader, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm just a guy who's thankful that people decided to care, right? Um, so they go for me, for people, they would be, oh, this is how many followers. And for me is no, this is the community of people that just cared. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting perspective, yeah. a really interesting way to put it. I like that. I wish, I wish more, pla- more platforms would, would, would adopt that kind of, uh, emphasis. So, yeah. so, all right. So you get in, uh, you're getting more and uh, you're building a larger and larger community of people who are engaged with your story. I'll phrase it that way. And they want to hear more. Uh, I know one of the things that really kind of made me shake my head, not out of disbelief, but just like, wow, was when The uh, the Guardian, uh, the newspaper over, over, in, uh, over in the UK, picked up the story and ran with it. Uh, um, young guy, young family from South Carolina, and the the Guardian, the UK wants to uh, wants to run a story about you. Did they reach out to you directly, or did they just pick it up, uh, pick up the story, and and kind of run with it based on what they could research on their own? James, are you ready for this? Yes, I didn't know that happened until you just told me. You're kidding! <laughs> that was one of the first things in the in the media that 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 I saw. Like I just was it was kind of looking uh, at some stuff wow. and, and about you and and. And uh, this this uh, this Guardian UK article it had your photo in it and everything. <laughs> and I was like, "Dad, guys, you need no an agent." No clue that happened. You're kidding me. You just told me. <laughs> All right, so, well, let's, let's stick so with something. They, okay, so they very well. Well, well how does that make you feel, Jamal? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's cr- so. Listen, there are there are times where things happened, and here's the thing: 
I knew at a certain point that it was important for me to make sure that I shared the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. To news outlets that reached out to, that I knew it was very important for several reasons. It became very important. Yeah. But with that being said, um, if you told me like you just did that somebody in the UK ran a story, right? They could have very well reached out to me for permission. And I wouldn't even remember saying, <laughs> Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I can right. see that too. Just because yeah. of how heavy things were. Mm-hmm. I was focused on making sure Sierra made it. Right. Now, right. here's the big deal about what we're talking about with media and people and the world, right? Um, if there's one way that I can ensure that my spouse makes it through this, mm-hmm. um, aside from having the best doctors and whoever else, right, it's making sure that people care about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I became fully aware at some point that um, that a hospital will tell you, and this is this in the hospital we were at were phenomenal. They're great people. They're amazing. Prisma Health, Columbia, South Carolina. They are phenomenal people. Oh. Now, hear what I'm going to say. Um, there is a difference when people say you're going to get the best of something. And there's a difference when your boss is right there watching you deliver the best of something, right? Because then you know that you're going to deliver the best version of what it is that you do because your boss is watching you, Mm -hmm. right? And so for me, the media was the flashlight for the hospital who was saying, we're going to give your wife the best care, right? Mm -hmm. And I was saying, oh, I have no doubts about it. <laughs> I have no doubts that you will, right? Because these are my friends, ABC, NBC, CNN, Fox News. Like they came with me to make sure that, <laughs> that this yeah, goes. Kind of some built in accountability right there. <laughs> yeah. They came with me to make sure that this goes the way this is supposed to go. Um, right. And, um, and, And that was only me, like the storytelling part when I became, when I realized that that was just me doing what I knew how to do, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The only thing I know how to do in this world is build a relationship and- you do very well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Is build relationship and and care about people, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and and on top of that, communicating what's important, right? That's my wheelhouse. And in this moment, there was a person that needed to be cared about, right? There was some communication that would help that, right? And there was lots of connection to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have when people say, "Do you regret talking to the media about what was going on with Sierra?" It is a resounding no. I do not regret it for one second because the hospital and the rehab facility in Compass Health in Columbia, South Carolina, rehab facility, they were so gracious and so good to us um, because they cared so much about our story. Not a nurse or doctor, an, an aide, a, um, a, a, you know, a janitorial staff member. Not a single person didn't know what was going on before they got into the room. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so much so that at one point, because she began to rehab in the hospital, they built a gym inside the hospital <laughs> for my wife. Oh my to God. Be able to, they built a gym right down the hall in one of the empty rooms. They built a gym. That's wow. awesome. Now, you tell me if they're building gyms and hospitals for COVID patients all over America, right? Probably not. Probably not. So yes, absolutely. Sierra was going to get the best care, hands That's down. Awesome. That's awesome. I remember. Um, uh, obviously, you and I chatted last week, uh, Jamal, and and are, are actually a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, where we were just catching up. And after your return back to uh, back to work in full time, and and um, I remember sharing with you. Stories of, of standing in the kitchen, uh, just tears streaming down my face with my wife, who's a cath lab nurse, standing right next to me. Her tears, uh, tears in her eyes, watching some of your video updates, especially when she started recovering. When you had yeah. a video about her getting out of a coma, yeah. and then and then laughing at the one of my favorite videos that you did was the one where you did the um, the the uh, the mashup with the with the notebook. And uh, you were joking about her looking at the menu and not being able to decide now that she can eat solid food, her not being able to decide what she wants. Yeah. And you're standing there asking her, what do you want? That, that whole Ryan Gosling line. I, I laughed pretty hard at that one. That was hysterical. But um, so when things started turning, turning a corner for Sierra, when she woke up from the, uh, from the coma, when she was able to, when they were able to, to take her off the respirator, when they, when they were able, when she was, uh, breathing room air instead of being on oxygen, like oh, what were, what were the, what was the feeling for you? Like being able to flip on the camera and give those kinds of updates yeah. instead of she's not responsive. She doesn't hear my voice. She can't grab my fingers. She doesn't, she has yet to meet her child. I have I mean, to give you I have to give you the full circle moment that happened with that, right? Yeah. And I haven't I haven't told this in a video form yet, so you're the first person to hear it. Okay. Um well, exclusive. <laughs> so um the, there was one specific doctor who I respect a great deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was pretty much over Sierra's case the entire time. They rotated mm -hmm. through, but he always he always had his hand on it. Mm-hmm. And um, he said to me, Jamal, I've called every, um, and I'm going to cry, but they're happy tears, okay? So bear with me. Jamal. Uh, we probably will, too. <laughs> Just warning you. Jamal, um, as you know, we've had to put your wife on a ventilator, um, and that began to fail. And now we've ha we have to put her on the ECMO machine. And it looks like this is going to fail too. Oh, wow. we've done everything we can, and her heart has stopped twice. And we've had to bring her back to life. Uh, your best option, and we feel as a staff that your best option is hospice. Um, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but we think this is the best route. And I had to hear that conversation play over and over again. Literally, mm -hmm. he and I had to have that conversation every day for about three or four weeks. And then probably on the fourth week when 
Sierra had woken up from the coma and was showing mental status that she was herself. Mm -hmm. He comes down the hall and I see him and I say, he says, Hey, Jamal. So I, Hey, doctor, so-and-so, how are you? He says, I'm well. He said, people are telling me because the prognosis was that she was going to be a vegetable. That she had suffered a brain injury so great that I had, and I hadn't told people on social media that mm -hmm. I kept that very private, and I only told a few people what was going on because I know that they would, they would believe with me, right? That they would believe with me, regardless of how bad the situation was. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Um. And so he had come and 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 said that she was going to be a vegetable and she wouldn't do anything and and so the days leading up to that were you know one day we'd have a conversation and he, what he's looking for what they're looking for when a person is coming out of a coma is something called purposeful movement yep mm -hmm. okay meaning you say, squeeze my hand, and a person squeezes your hand. Mm -hmm. You say, can you tell me your name? And they say, my name is, right? Mm -hmm. Purposeful movement. And their prognosis was that she would be a vegetable and only be able to do what she was doing. And at the time, the only thing she was doing was sitting there with her eyes open, mm -hmm. wide open. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'd have a conversation about hospice for several days and then she went from sitting with her eyes open to blinking right three days later and have another conversation with the doctor hey so that's still not enough and she went from blinking to being able to scan the room a little bit right. with her neck another conversation three or four days later she went they do something called a pain response and they would pinch her and she would mm -hmm. say ouch Jamal, that's still not purposeful movement. Three days later, her, going from her to saying ouch to her, them saying, hey, can you wiggle your feet or squeeze my fingers? And her being able to squeeze fingers and wiggle her feet. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jamal, we still don't feel like that's purposeful movement. We still don't feel like her mental status is there. We still mm -hmm. recommend hospice. To um, one day I come into the room and she is watching Law and Order SVU sitting up in her bed. <laughs> I say, hey, babe. And she says, hi. Oh. Had she spoken directly to you before in any setting? Not consistently. Right. There was like touch. She was very touch and go, uh -huh. but not consistently. Okay. And she smiled at me and said, hi. And I came in the room. I said, how are you? she's like shaking her head. Um, and um, I said, has anybody told you what happened? And she said, no. She just shook her head. I said, well, let me be the first to tell you. You died. You died. And the doctors were able to bring you back. And right now, they're hoping that your lungs get well enough so you can breathe without these machines, this machine and this machine that it's keeping you alive. Yeah. 
the doctor comes in who gave us the bad news and says to me, um, I hear that your wife is exhibiting signs of communicating and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I say, yep. <laughs> and he comes in. <laughs> he says, can I talk to her? I said, absolutely. I said, Sierra, this is Dr. Schrift. Dr. Schrift, this is Sierra. And he goes, hi, Sierra, do you remember me? And she goes, yes. And they have a conversation about the last thing they talked about before she was put in the vent. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation's over. And when I say conversation, she's mouthing words. Right. And he says, Jamal, it looks like you guys have turned a corner here. Um, right. Um, this is really amazing. And you should be thankful because this doesn't happen. So it goes from that to fast forward to about six weeks later. He's coming in to make his rounds, same doctor. And he comes into the room. Excuse me. And he comes into the room and looks at Sierra and looks at me. He says, Sierra, um, you're, you're not sick enough to be in the hospital. You're not sick enough to be in the hospital. Um, you need to be moved to a rehab facility. We're working on your discharge uh, for the following week. And so, James, I know that was a long answer to a short question, but you asked me, how did it feel to be able to start including her in videos and and seeing her come to life and seeing this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all happen? I always believed that it would. But even in my belief and my prayers and my hope that it would, it still feels like a dream. Right? Yeah. It still feels. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, I don't, I don't think that I have any more questions other than <laughs> I mean, we, we could, you could just stop right there and mm-hmm. you've got a, a story that is just such an amazing testimony. And yeah. the, the cool thing is that the story is not over and no. that, yeah. um, cause you've shown, uh, you've, you've recorded a number or you've posted a number of both videos as well as photos of her with her children, of the reunion with the children. I mean, you want to talk about a real tear jerky, just go mm-hmm. check out those photos. The, the video of Sierra saying, I love you to Miles yeah. and him responding and just loving every second of it and re- recognizing his mom's voice. I mean, that, that just, that blew me away. Yeah. And I mean, just, just to be able to, to, to see the progress that, that she's made. And I'm, I'm sure it felt like an eternity while you were going through it. It felt like an eternity just from my perspective. And I wasn't even, mm-hmm. I wasn't even there. I, I was just following your story on social Yeah, and, uh, and just all the people praying for you, all the people praying right. for her, praying for your kids and being able to, to now celebrate with you just this amazing, uh, amazing story, this amazing journey. And mm-hmm. that is not done. And, um, and she's still recovering. She's still making improvements. And I mean, I do, I could not be more, uh, more happy for you and, yeah. and for Sierra. Yeah. Same here. It was, it was crazy to watch everything. Um, 
because we had just spoken, uh, Jamal, uh, at the summit over here in Dallas, yeah. and uh, I had no idea. My, you know, my wife met you and all that. Um, and you just left like a huge impression on us. I mean, we we talked for a little bit, and um, you just come off as just like such an authentic, sincere person, uh, and you just left a really good impression. And so when I told my wife about what was going on, I uh, showed her some of the videos, and um, it was just very hard to watch because uh, her dad actually passed from COVID. Oh, so yeah, I'm sorry, Ro. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I mean, things happen for a reason, I guess, and. Um, but I mean, your your story also it happened a little before um, we met you. Um, but your story also, um, I don't know if it was hope, but it just um, it was like a little bit of closure too for her, you know. Because I think when something like that happens, it's just a lot of like, why, like, why does stuff like this happen uh, to some people, and not others? But um, I mean, just watching you guys go through that and um, such a great ending, you know, like it really helped her out, you know. So, it, thank uh, you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it really yeah. helped her out a lot. One of the things that 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 I've frequently thought, and you and I actually had this conversation uh, last week, is is kind of a kind of a what's next. I mean, you've already been on let's talk to the the networks that you've been on. Now you're on Good Morning America. Yeah, you. I was were, cool. You uh, were you on? Uh, what were some of the other uh, networks you were on? Was it uh, CNN? Did you do the CNN interview, or was it? Um, so I ended up not doing the CNN interview. Right. Um, I've done a lot of local news stuff. Yeah. Um, and then local channels. ABC um, is doing a. It hasn't released yet because they just finished interviewing us mm. a couple weeks ago. Um, but ABC Nightline is doing a seventeen-minute dedicating the whole show to this Dang um which so that'll oh. air next tuesday i think nice. um so right. raul we yeah. better scoop them and get the podcast out before next tuesday <laughs> <I know. laughs> we're gonna scoop nightline I'm just no no offense uh, nightline but uh okay so that that's fantastic and yeah. i i and that that was one of the reasons why i just felt um an urgent need to want to have this interview with you because as I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, we've, we've kind of been on a hiatus uh, a little bit in 2021 for a number of reasons, uh, namely just, just time and, mm -hmm. uh, and prioritizing all the projects that, that we as a marketing team have uh, here at thrive. But this, this story was just too important, uh, especially at this time of year, this all story right. was too important not to share and not to um, share both both our networks as well as allowing um, allowing Jamal to, to share it if, if he so chooses with his network and just allowing more people just to, to hear the hope and the love and the um, the the joy that that Raul or that um, that Jamal just has innately in him because I guarantee you this anybody who has known Jamal, prior to this event and has the opportunity to talk to him now, we'll see that there is no change in the type of man that he is and the character that he, that he holds. He is the same person now. I mean, obviously changed having gone mm -hmm. through such a dramatic, uh, dramatic event. But as far as what's in here, the, the guy wow. that you saw in all those TikTok videos, the guy that you saw in those Facebook posts and the LinkedIn posts and Twitter posts and, and the guy that you see in those in those interviews loving on his wife, yeah. that's the same Jamal 
that existed before any of this, yeah. any, any of these trials came, came upon he, uh, he and his family's lives. So yeah. that in and of itself is hugely commendable, uh, in my opinion, Jamal. And I, I applaud you. It just means that, that, uh, that your mama raised you right. And uh, I have a healthy appreciation for that because uh, I, I had a mama that did the same for me. So yeah. uh, I'm going to tell Sierra that you said that. And she's going to appreciate <laughs> that statement so very much. We're good. Your mama We're, raised you right. I love that. Glad, Thank you. Glad I can help help out with uh, with some with some marital counseling for you. But uh, yeah, I, I and I can't I can't overstate that uh, yeah. enough that that you are the same guy that I knew before any of this took place before any right. of this hit you and your family. Uh, you just, and that's why it made me so happy yes. when you and I had that video chat a little bit, uh, a little bit ago or a week or two ago. And I got to see your face and it was a one-on-one conversation with you and me. I was like, did a big old fist bump. I was like, Jamal's back. There he is. Yeah. And it just made me very, 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 very happy to, um, that, that this is how things turned out because I know that it could have gone, it could have easily gone the other direction. Yeah. And, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't our time. Yeah. No. It, and <laughs> man, thank you so much for, uh, you guys just being the kind of people like this whole entire thrive culture, right. Being the kind of place where tragedy happens and you guys pour out love. Yeah. I'm convinced that if I was any in any other company Mm -hmm. in corporate America, I would not have had the same opportunities that I was given here during the time that I was given that, that we were going through that. You can't, you cannot convince me otherwise. (laughs) Right. Um, So, um, you know, our leadership here, and I have to say, I have to give this, I have to say this, Roy, Roy called and prayed with me. Wow. Right. He picked up the phone and prayed with me and asked me what was going on and asked, said if there was anything he, <laughs> excuse me, if there's anything he could do, let him know. That sounds like Roy. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> um, Barbara on social media, when I say I couldn't make a post without seeing her, I'm with you. I love you. I'm praying for you. <laughs> like, like you would have thought Barbara was my mama, right? <laughs> <laughs> like she was the one who raised you, right? Oh my right. gosh, she was with me, you know, like just just there, just there. Awesome. Um, yeah, Randall she, Gillespie she, flying she out before my wife even got out of the hospital to have breakfast mm-hmm. and wow. say, "Are you ready to come back to work? Mm-hmm. Don't rush it. Take your right. time." Right. right? Mm-hmm. What do we need to? Um, Tay Tolliver, uh, just. Uh, my, t- you know, my manager to um, everybody on our tack team, um, guys. I can't, I can't even stress enough uh, to our regional managers, right? Branch managers, people who were generous and and mm-hmm. donated to our GoFundMe. That mm-hmm. somebody in the mortgage industry that I used to work with started that. <laughs> I just would, I wouldn't have expected that to be the outcome, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but this Thrive community, man, has been just. the spiritual muscle and the support um, that I needed to get through this mm-hmm. unscathed. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I know from, from this guy's 
perspective and, and just speaking for me, I mean, I, I absolutely echo uh, what right. you had to say about, about this community and how we look to, to support each other. Not obviously Thrivonomics is the title sponsor, or right. excuse me, Thrive Mortgage is the title sponsor of this podcast. So we're not trying necessarily to turn it into a Thrive commercial, but right, right. But that's that's kind of what we what we're about. We're we're about people finding their tribe. And I've said this right. before on this and other podcasts. Thrive is not for everybody, but we mm-hmm. are definitely in the people business, and we're definitely right. interested in supporting uh, supporting people who uh, folks who are members of our tribe and members of our community. Right. So, um, so we we would hope that this kind of changes the the st- messages like this mm-hmm. uh, are. It's our hope that that this kind of changes the perception of what a mortgage company is all right. about. And and also recent highlight headlines. Yeah, and also um, a little bit um, behind the name as well. Um, it wasn't just. Um, you know, uh, people are going to thrive when they get in their new homes, but it's also yeah. like our employees are going to thrive as well. Like this is just a great company. Uh, these are some of the things that we talked about when we were doing the name changes. Like, let's let's name it Thrive because, uh, and let's show let's show what we're doing for our, our employees and our coworkers and our, our friends here. Because, yeah. you know, not only is it just um, people thriving for new homes, but it's also uh, employees. I mean, we we thrive at this company, and um, we we have to live that and we have to show it. You yeah. know, so uh, this is just a perfect example of that. Well, Jamal, what would you say is obviously we've still got um, uh, Sarah has still has some recovery to do. She's still got some uh, some therapy to go through to regain 100 percent strength and, and use of uh, uh, of all of her uh, all of her body. What's next for you as far as your audience? And as far as the the community that you've built on on social media, is it something where you, where you feel a new passion for delivering uh, delivering a message of hope, or uh, what, what do you think is the next step? No, I've always felt a passion for for that. Um, I think the next step for for specifically for our family is I feel like there's an obligation to give people hope. Mm-hmm. It's not just an opportunity. It's an obligation, like, you know, like to, to, and, and not even just in, in dealing with COVID, right. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to family, being a family and dealing with, you know, tragedy and, um, you know, even in, in the corporate world, having something to say, right. People's family lives you know, we come to work and we do what we do. Right. But if you've ever noticed that when, even when an employee's family life is off, their work life suffers. Mm-hmm. Right. And vice versa. Right. Yeah. So, um, just feel, we just feel called to make an impact of helping people realize what the main thing is, yeah. you know, and that's how important your time is and where you spend it and who you spend it with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll be echoing that sentiment on our social media platforms in a big way coming in 2022. So Very cool. Awesome. Can't wait to see it. And uh, I can't, can't wait to see you at uh, Summit next, next February. Yes. And uh, de- definitely, have, uh, we're all definitely, well, very overdue in uh, being able to uh, – 
slap each other on the back and, and give each other hugs and have some face-to-face conversation time. So looking forward to that event. Yes, uh, I am as well. Yeah. Am awesome. As well. Awesome stuff. Well, awesome. Jamal, uh, I'm going to give you the last word and before we sign off and uh, tell us where folks, if they're not already, I don't know how anybody would have been able to miss you, but uh, how can they find you on social media platforms, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever yeah. they happen to go, where can they find you? Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, just Jamal Chubb. You can just search my name and I'll come up. Um, two B's. Yeah, C-H-U-B-B. Um, and then on um, TikTok or Instagram, you can search Chubb House. Uh, Instagram is Chubb.house, but I've changed it to Chubb House. And uh, you can catch all the cool family updates uh, on there and good stuff that's going on. So cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Jamal, as always, great to see your face and see your smile, especially, and uh, very happy that you took time out of your day to join us uh, here on Thrivenomics and really, really enjoyed uh, catching up with you and and, uh, hearing a a lot of your story, whether it was recounting stuff that we did see or hearing stuff that uh, that we didn't Um, really appreciate how how much of an open book you are and how you just love pouring yourself into other people. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. You got it. Well, folks, we're going to sign off for now. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Thrivenomics. We will be, uh, we will definitely be back in, with a force in, uh, or like a force, or with a vengeance. No, not vengeance. We'll be back in 2020 with a whole bunch of great interviews and great topics to be covered. Uh, if you would like to subscribe, we would uh, definitely welcome that. Uh, just hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you choose to listen to podcasts, and we will be, uh, we'll be back with uh, season three and uh, ready ready and raring to go in the early spring, uh, February, probably February, March time frame is about w- uh, when we'll be dropping the new episodes of Thrivenomics for you guys and your enjoyment. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jamal. Uh, I know I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Raul, for, uh, for uh, manning the, uh, the production board. And we will see you next time on Thrivenomics. Hope you have a wonderful and safe holiday season this year. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we will see you again in 2022. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. The title sponsor for Thrivenomics is Thrive Mortgage. Licensed in multiple states across the U.S., Thrive Mortgage employs the best professionals, equipped with leading technology and the most efficient process to deliver a legendary lending experience. For more information about how we can serve you or to find a local Thrive Mortgage professional in your area, please visit us at thrivemortgage.com. You can also contact us directly via email at thrivenomics at thrivemortgage.com. Thrive Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 268552.